On this episode of JP Sports Talk, it is officially December 2019, only about 20 days away, not even from 2020, a new decade, and also about 20 days away from the NFL playoffs. We have a lot to get into. I was admittedly wrong about this MVP race. I'll tell you why at the start of this podcast. We'll also get into the college football playoff rankings, the top four teams, where they're seated, and who I see winning the national championship in college football. The MLB hot stove also burning up. We have the two top pitchers signed, Garrett Cole to the Yankees, Steven Strasburg returning to the Washington Nationals, and another big Story is Anthony Rendon going to the Los Angeles Angels. I'll tell you why every team got the right guy. And I'll also, of course, get into my best bets of the weeks. It all it all starts right now on JP Sports Talk. Friday, December 13th, recording this just before noon. I hope everyone had a very happy Thanksgiving. Things have been a bit hectic for me with Thanksgiving a couple weekends ago, and then I had a bunch of finals and things that needed to be done. So a couple weeks off the pod, but we are back and better than ever, ready to take you into the new decade 2020 But we have a lot to do before we get there, including an NFL regular season that is on the cusp of wrapping up. We are in the midst of week 15. Big fantasy football week if you play. I personally, not to brag, in four four fantasy football leagues in the playoffs still alive in all four. Oh, we need to have a big week from some of these guys. I'll tell you, Devontae Adams needs to step up after Mike Evans decided to pull his hamstring to death at the end of the year. Same thing, Alshon Jeffrey hurts his leg. It's a whole mess, but let's focus on the grand scheme of things. Let's focus on the actual NFL. No need for fantasy, and I have to admit, I had the opportunity, if you didn't listen on my Twitter, at jpora24, to be on Mad Dog Unleashed on SiriusXM with the great Nick Wright. He gave me the opportunity to make my case for Russell Wilson for MVP, something I have stood by on this podcast pretty much all season long. And while I still may believe that Russell Wilson should be the MVP of the league, There is no doubt in my mind, Lamar Jackson will win it, and he absolutely deserves it. Now, my big thing with Russell Wilson was that he still had a lot of time and opportunity to make a statement for the MVP. He had last Sunday night against the Rams in prime time to go on the road and win a big game, and then at the end of the year... They wrap up against the San Francisco 49ers with possibly a chance to take the division. However, Russell Wilson, one of his worst performances of the season 
last Sunday night in a 28-12 loss to the Rams. He had 245 yards and a pick, no touchdowns. And not necessarily what you need if you want to win this MVP race. And now he is far behind. And just look at what Lamar Jackson did last night, Thursday night football, at home against the Jets with the whole world watching. Oh, not a big deal. Just 15 for 23 passing, 212 yards, 5 passing touchdowns, no interceptions. And then 8 carries, 86 yards in a 42-21 thumping of the New York Jets. Lamar Jackson surpassing Michael Vick for most rushing yards in a season by a quarterback. And my gosh, he is unreal. He really is one of one. You can't compare him to Michael Vick because he's much better than Michael Vick. He throws the ball with such precision and his decision-making is precise He knows exactly what he's doing when he's doing it, and he is leading a well-oiled machine in the Baltimore Ravens that is more likely than not going to take home field advantage in the AFC playoffs, and the road to the Super Bowl runs through Baltimore, a 12-2 team. Nobody could have seen this coming in the beginning of the year. I think if you axed a bunch of people, the defending AFC North champions probably would have been the third most likely team to take the division this year. I'm serious. I mean, before the year started, all the hype was about the Cleveland Clowns. And then you had the Pittsburgh Steelers who, with Ben Roethlisberger, were going to redeem themselves after losing Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown. But ever since the Ravens lost to the Chiefs, They have been unbeatable, and they have been stomping teams out. Excuse me, since they lost to the Browns, because they lost to the Chiefs and the Browns back-to-back. And then ever since then, my goodness, they have been crushing teams. They haven't only been crushing teams, they've been crushing good teams. 37-20 against the Patriots, 41-7 against the Texans, 45-6 against the Rams. A very great game against the 49ers, a very great game against the Bills. And now this team finishing up the year against a couple of division rivals that were expected to finish ahead of them. And they are not slowing down. Lamar Jackson is not slowing down. He is going to be the MVP of the league. And the Ravens, at this point, are my pick to make the Super Bowl out of the AFC. And with that, let's get a bit into the playoff conversation. The divisions outside of the AFC South in that conference are pretty much wrapped up. The Chiefs are already clinched the West. The Ravens clinched the North. The Patriots have all but clinched the AFC East. They're going to have a great battle with Buffalo next week, Saturday Night Football. How about Buffalo getting two primetime games back-to-back? Sunday night against the Steelers, upcoming, and then the week after that, 4.30 slate Saturday against the Patriots and what will be pretty much a game for the division as Buffalo looks to secure a playoffs berth this week against the Steelers. I mean, the AFC playoff picture, it's a bit wild. I mean, Buffalo hasn't wrapped anything up because you have the Steelers at 8-5 and five who you play this week and the Titans also at 8-5. and five who not only have an opportunity to take the wild card, they could take the division as they have the same record as the Houston Texans. And 
they still play twice over the next three weeks of this NFL regular season. It's going to be ridiculous. I believe that the Bills will defeat the Steelers this week. All right? So that will put the Bills into the playoffs 100% with a 10 and 4 record then the Steelers will fall to 8 and 6. I'm going to give the Titans an upset victory over the Texans because they just looked poor against the Broncos last week and this game in Tennessee. Tennessee is red hot. Ryan Tannehill, Derrick Henry both red hot. They are going to win that game. And I think the loss for Pittsburgh is going to put them out of things. The Titans will be in first place in the AFC South. And all of a sudden, the Houston Texans, who looked so good when they destroyed the Patriots, they're going to be fighting for a wild card spot with Pittsburgh. And that is an absolute failure for Bill O'Brien and that team that has so much talent but still felt a need to trade away. Jadavion Clowney, not get much else in return. Yeah, you got Laramie Tunsil, but for a lot. Almost everything you had with a first-round draft pick. It's pretty insane, but the AFC playoff race definitely heating up down the stretch of this season. And when you look at it, New England Patriots are going to get a first-round bye? This team? Really? A team that I don't think can beat either of the real top two teams in the AFC. I mean, we saw Kansas City beat them pretty convincingly at Gillette last Sunday. And then you have the Ravens that whooped them in Baltimore. That's where that game will be played if they meet again. Tom Brady, your time in New England running out, buddy. You got to pull something together. I'm sure they'll win out the rest of the regular season and people will be back on the train. You know, when you play the Bengals, the Bills at home, and then the Dolphins to close out the year. But do we really feel good about this team in the playoffs? I mean, I know we have the same conversation every year. You can never count out the Patriots, Tom Brady, Bill Belichick. They're just too good. This offense is shot. I mean, Tom Brady has the most passing attempts in the league. How is he doing that at 42 years old with no weapons? No tight end. Julian Edelman looks cooked. Nikhil Harry doesn't understand the Patriots system. Jacoby Myers is awful. How is this team expected to win a game in the playoffs? You let me know. I will take the Chiefs, even if it's in Gillette. No doubt about it. I would maybe even take the Texans in Gillette. The Titans in Gillette. They're lucky they're going to get this first round by because they are definitely going to need it if they want a shot to advance into the AFC Championship game once again. Looking at the NFC, things are a lot more constructed where you know what's going to happen. Um, the main storyline is who's going to get the bye because... You have the Seahawks at 10 and 3 owning the tiebreaker against the 49ers if it comes to that. The 49ers 11 and 2 just played in the game of the year against the Saints who are now at the 3 seed 10 and 3 Green Bay clinging on to a first round bye 
and a home game at Lambeau Field at 10 and 3. The NFC East, I'll get into them in a little bit. They're my ope of the week, ope of the NFL season. How disgusting is that division? But let's just look at the NFC, who's at the top. The 49ers are the best team in the conference. It's not even close. And the Saints are second. We saw them play the game of the year. Drew Brees, when it matters most, had his best performance of the year at home And they still lost that game. The 49ers are a well-oiled machine. Kyle Shanahan is running a tight ship. The offense is clicking. Jimmy G is gaining more and more confidence as the season progresses. And this defense, I know they got torched by Drew Brees, but they're scary. They're going to pressure on Aaron Rodgers in the playoffs. They will get to Drew Brees in the playoffs now that they got a first look they get that game at home in the playoffs they will be ready for it Russell Wilson get ready you're gonna see them one more time and then possibly a third time in the postseason Kirk Cousins yikes you're not even gonna see the 49ers because unless you take the five seed and get to play the sorry team that wins out the NFC East You're not winning a playoff game. You're not beating the Saints. You're not beating the Packers at Lambeau at the Dome. The 49ers, yikes, they are a great football team and a team that I expect to make it to the Super Bowl and play the Ravens in a rematch of what was a great Week 13 matchup. But let's get to the NFC East right now before I lose my mind talking about this division oh my gosh the Eagles it took a 14 point comeback against the Giants at home to keep them in this division race are you kidding me I mean we looked at the Eagles with a great opportunity to take this division and it all started last week excuse me two weeks ago they're supposed to get a gimme at the Dolphins. Yeah, they lose that one. They let the kicker throw to the punter for a touchdown. Okay, I'll play along. Doug Peterson, Super Bowl winning coach. You need to be better than that. Jim Schwartz, you need to be better than that. Then they barely crawl out alive against the Giants. Almost let Eli Manning have his moment. As a Giant fan, you know, I'm at a point where I'm rooting for losses with this team. I would have loved to keep the Eagles out of the playoffs. And the Eagles were giving the Giants every chance to win that game. And they just wouldn't take it. Pat Shermer would not take the victory. He would not be denied. And the Eagles, maybe with a confidence boost, then they close out the year at Washington. Should be an easy win. But who really knows at this point? Then they have the big one against Dallas. The game for the division Yikes, the Cowboys look even worse than the Eagles. They failed to show up against the Buffalo Bills on Thanksgiving, a day of all days. Then they get a week to prepare, another Thursday game against the Chicago Bears. And they let Mitch Trubisky absolutely torch them. Jason Garrett, how's the coaching market looking, man? You need to really start looking. Because you will not be keeping your job and it will be an absolute disgrace. If they just sign Zeke, they sign uh, Jalen Smith to a huge uh, contract, 
They upgraded. They kept the offensive line afloat for Zeke to really pound the ball. And this team isn't going to win the division with a current 6-7 and seven record. 8-8 eight and is going to win the division. Maybe 9-7, and seven, but yikes. This is a brutal look for the division. And for all the fans that want to say, you need the six best teams, division don't matter. Mm, their argument got a lot stronger after looking at the NFC East this season. The ope of the week, the ope of the NFL season. It's going to be a slow race to the finish. However, I have the Eagles simply because the schedule's too easy and they were able to buy a win against the Giants last week and the Cowboys, I don't know if they could buy a win against anybody. I think they're going to get clapped by the Los Angeles Rams who still think they're in the playoff race this upcoming Sunday. All right, now let's move over from the pros to college football. We now have our ranking set. It is almost officially bowl season as we have Army versus Navy coming up on Saturday and then after that, straight bowl games until this season winds down. LSU, rightfully so, the number one team in the country. Behind them, Ohio State, then Clemson, then Oklahoma. Now, we have Clemson playing... Ohio State in what is going to be a terrific game. And if you ask me, I think that Clemson is going to blow the doors off them. I think Clemson is going to wreck Ohio State. And I have a couple reasons why. Dabo has been here before. Ryan Day has not. Dabo has Trevor Lawrence, who has yet to lose a game in college. And Ryan Day has Justin Fields, who at times, a little shaky throwing the ball when Clemson is going to rush Justin Fields. He has shown under pressure. He's not the best. He takes sacks. He throws the risky ball there now. They need J.K. Dobbins to dominate for Justin Fields to have a great game. Clemson is going to make Justin Fields throw the ball to beat them. Quite frankly, I don't really think he can. I was surprised to see him as a Heisman candidate over J.K. Dobbins because Dobbins has been the engine keeping Ohio State dominant. And I know that they've looked great against all the top opponents they've played this year. You know, a little shaky in the first half against Wisconsin, then dominating, going to Ann Arbor and destroying Michigan, beating up at Penn State at home. But you look at Clemson, ever since that near loss to UNC, they have been blowing the doors off teams, covering every spread, dominating from start to finish every game. And I know they haven't played anybody, but Dabo has them ready to roll, and I think they are going to crush Ohio State. The line on that game is minus two Clemson. I'm taking that all day, any day. And on the other side, you know, the game, it's not as competitive, I think, in terms of matchups. Um, Oklahoma kind of getting in by default because they win the Big 12. Utah chokes against Oregon. Oregon has two losses. Utah has two losses. Baylor with two losses. Alabama with two losses. Georgia 
losing the SEC championship. They have two losses. Oklahoma, the lone uh, conference champion with one loss. Uh, along with, I mean, you have the undefeateds that won the Power 5, Ohio State, LSU, Clemson, all getting in. Oregon winning the Pac-12, two losses. Oklahoma survive in advance. That loss to Kansas State didn't ding them enough as Jalen Hurts goes to his third straight college football playoff. I mean, look at that. Absolutely unreal for Jalen Hurts. I feel great for him, but yikes. LSU is on a mission. Joe Burrow not satisfied with winning the SEC championship. I don't think he'll be satisfied with just winning the Heisman. You could tell him and Coach O are ready to take the whole thing. They want to put LSU on the national stage, and that's going to include winning a national championship. They're going to have to beat Oklahoma, which I think they will easily, and then they're going to see Clemson, the defending champions, in the final. Sign me up for that. Trevor Lawrence, the easy number one pick in the 2021 NFL Draft against Joe Burrow, the probable number one pick in the uh, 2020 NFL Draft. Sign me up for that, man. That's going to be an electric game. I love college football. I have no gripe with how these teams were seeded, how the playoff is. I think this was the least controversial year since the playoff has been announced this decade. And man, I can't wait for it. I am juiced up. I love LSU in this spot. I think Joe Burrow has the moxie and Coach O has the discipline to get this team to hoisting the national championship after New Year's in 2020. All right, let's get to baseball before I get to my best bets of the week. Three major signings. All Shout out Scott Boris, man. He made bank this week signing. Steven Strasburg with the Washington Nationals, seven years, 245. Garrett Cole to the New York Yankees a day later, nine years, 326. And then Anthony Rendon Wednesday to the Los Angeles Angels. Same thing as Strasburg, seven years, 245. Now I'm going to give a quick reasoning why every team got the right guy. Let's start with Strasburg. And this is the easy one. The Nationals have invested not only so much time, but so much intelligence, effort, weight in Steven Strasburg that they need him to be a National forever. Think about when he was first coming on the scene as a young teenager, 20-year-old. He was making his debut for the Nationals. And when they were making a playoff push, he was on an innings limit. To save him for the situations that he was presented with this past year in the World Series, he was able to go eight innings, pitch shutout baseball, hold the big bad Houston Astros, even if they were stealing signs. He was able to contain him, win a World Series MVP, win the Nationals their first ever World Series championship. He did that. And the Nationals had so much invested in him over this past decade for leading up to that moment. And now that his contract's up, he was not only rewarded, but now he is going to be there forever. That is his team, and they have given him the keys to be their guy. And he earned every single penny. 
He got it done. The Nationals keeping their guy, keeping them as legitimate World Series contenders with two number one starters. And Strasburg, the face of the team, deserved every lick of it. Now, let's move over to Garrett Cole. The Yankees needed a starring pitcher very badly, and they needed a great starring pitcher really badly. Strasburg went first. He didn't leave. He didn't want to leave Washington, D.C. Garrett Cole, you could tell, wasn't too happy with the Astros towards the end of last year. He wanted to pitch Game 7, and it maybe cost the Astros a championship. And Garrett Cole knew he was going to get paid the a free agent market for starting pitching takes a drastic decline after this season. Garrett Cole should have won the Cy Young in 2019. Justin Verlander barely beating him out. And the Yankees had to do everything they could to get him. You could make an argument nine years is too long for a starting pitcher. You can make an argument the contract is egregious. Guess what? No Yankee fan cares. The Yankees needed this guy so badly he makes the starting rotation from average to elite like that Severino gonna come in as the number two then you have Tanaka Paxton 3-4 that's a team ready to win the American League pennant and win the World Series especially as it takes a huge hit to the Astros and they are the clear-cut favorite to come out of the American League Now let's look at the Angels. A lot more interesting. They just signed Mike Trout to the biggest contract sports has seen last year for over $400 million. And they need to start building a team around him. Now they wanted to get one of the big time starters. They weren't able to do so. But they get a guy in Rendon who was the best player available that was not a starting pitcher. Had an MVP caliber season. Why not? Why not sign him for everything he is worth? Pair him alongside Mike Trout. And start to bolster this lineup. Start to make the Los Angeles Angels brand great. We see that the Astros are starting to decline. Who knows what type of penalty they're going to get hit with. Who knows what they're doing with Carlos Correa. They just lost Garrett Cole. This is their opportunity to finally win a division, make the playoffs, be relevant while you have quite possibly the greatest player ever on your team. This is the step in the right direction. They made the big signing and they're going to be ready to compete. They still need a lot of pitching. I think they could still... You know, get a couple of the guys left on the market, including a Madison Bumgarner, possibly. But I think the Angels, finally, trying to compete with the Dodgers, trying to compete with the Astros in that division, they finally made a statement after striking out multiple times before. All right, let's wrap things up here. It was a great podcast so far for the week, but we all know why you're here. Best bets of the week. Let's start Army-Navy because I am a Patriot. Have to bet this game. Have to bet the under in this game because Army-Navy, not necessarily a passing game. They leave that to the Air Force. Get it? Military joke? Anybody? Nope? Okay. Um, Over under 40 and a half. You have to take the under here. These teams love running the ball, hate passing the ball. And, you know, it's going to be a very closely contested game, a rivalry game, leaning under 
40 and a half. Now let's get over to Sunday NFL. I think the Buccaneers smoked the Lions. They're minus four in Detroit. Jameis Winston somehow <laughs> leading the league in passing. Um, yes, they lost Mike Evans, but Jameis, Jameis knows how to get it done. The Bucks all of a sudden going to finish with a winning record? Unbelievable. I mean, Jameis Winston playing for a job right now. He's not going to slow down. The Lions are done for. David Blau, yikes. Marvin Jones just went on the IR. I'm taking the Bucks minus four. I'm also taking the Miami Dolphins plus three and a half at the Giants. Janoris Jenkins just got waived. Eli Manning's going to start again in what will probably be the last start, home start in his giant career. Yes, it'll be emotional, but the Dolphins are still playing with a chip. They're playing with energy. The Giants are not. Pat Shermer uh, has implemented this losing culture and let it move on. They are not going to show up to play this game. The Dolphins maybe even take them outright at plus 160, but I love them at plus three and a half in this game. And the last game I'll give for you guys, um, the Monday night game, have to go over 46 and a half. Colts Saints at the Dome. Drew Brees coming off the best performance of his season, and they lost. The Colts were also in a shootout with the Bucks last week. T.Y. Hilton expected to return. I love the over in that game. Primetime over 46 and a half. And if you're looking for a lean, I like the Saints minus nine with a chip on their shoulder after losing to the 49ers last week. All right, guys, thank you so much for listening and tuning in. Definitely going to have a show next week, so uh, no more missing podcasts. We have everything figured out. The work schedule is done. We're going to be rolling through this even while I'm back at Syracuse. I hope you guys keep enjoying and continue to tune in. See you guys next week. Songs, as we go, as we, we remain.